Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It, Cut To It. Let's get down to it, cut to it. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. You know it's on. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. Cause you know it's on. It's on. Cause you know it's on. in. Everybody's taller than me, so that's not saying much, but he's six foot five. Playing weight was about 247. I'm saying he's probably maybe a pound and a half heavier now in retirement, right? <laughs> um, from the University of Texas. Tight end. When when tight ends were trying to – the tight ends today were trying to be what uh, Jermichael Finley is uh, today, which is a receiving tight end. Big target. Welcome to the Cut to a Podcast, Jermichael Finley. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me here, Steve. Man, this is just—I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. Uh, where are you from? In a place you call your hometown? Uh, from, I'm from from Ball, Texas, bro. It's uh, uh, it's south of 59, um, close to Houston, Texas, and uh, that's where I was born and raised. Raised by my grandmother, man. Mm. You was born and raised by your grandmother. Okay, so that that must mean you know how to cook a little bit. I, I a little bit, man, but uh, once again, I, now I get somebody to chef it up for me now, bro. Really? Oh, <laughs> what's some of your favorite meals that other people cook for you? Uh, my my favorite meal one one of my favorite meals is uh, uh, chicken parmesan, bro. Homemade chicken parmesan. Uh, of course, I'm a, I'm a country boy, so I like pig feet, hog malls with hot sauce on it. <laughs> I know you're looking at me crazy, but that's one of my favorite meals, bro. Really? <laughs> Growing up, what other sports did you enjoy playing? Uh, other sports. Uh, my, my first love was basketball, man. I didn't start playing football um, until my sophomore year in high school. Mm. Uh, I got recruited by uh, Arizona by Lou Dotson, the famous Lou Dotson at the time. Um, mm. And then my junior here, Mac Brown came around and was like, Finley wanted the two here at the University of Texas. You either play basketball or football. So I'm like, man, I'm, I'm in Texas. So I got to play football. Um, so I decommitted my junior year um, and went to the University of Texas. Hmm. You obviously, as funny as um, 
I was up at uh, a couple of days ago. I was up at uh, uh, UNC Chapel Hill and had the opportunity uh, to see Mac Brown. And just seeing, um, you hear the stories of how he is connected to the University of Texas. How he has always understood uh, the climate and talking okay. to some players and coaches down at UNC Chapel Hill is, you know, this, this is, this is a guy who's, you know, he's no spring chicken. He's, he's, he's up there in age, but yet he's moving around and understands uh, the climate and with the climate of, you know, with, with, with uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, the climate of uh, equal opportunity, just everything that we have to deal with, right. Um, each and every day. Coach Brown was talking about it, and you and Matt, I, I was just, I was shocked because of he does a really good job of making sure he's plugged in and, and listening to the players. Has he always been that way? Man, that's crazy you say that, Steve, man. Uh, always been that way. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite coaches uh, because he's a player's coach. He's one of those coaches, if you sit down at lunch or – at your meal table in college. He's one of those coaches that come by and, and shoot the shit with you and say, what's up, kick it, uh, and, and down that line. And, uh, and of course, we was in Austin, Texas, where, I mean, a, a lot of players got in trouble. Um, and, and you've seen with co some coaches, some coaches that get your ass up out of there ASAP. Mm -hmm. Mac Brown, he'll, he'll bring you in the office, talk to you. You know, I think one of the things with students, too, is identifying where they come from and, 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 and what – challenges they have in, in in moving forward going from where they used to be to where they're trying to be absolutely and he, he done a great job with that hmm. um to a lot of my peers i came in with jamal charles a rack pole played for tennessee so yeah. we're, we're guys that came from um poverty um the streets um and, and somewhere down the line of that nature and uh he, he knew how to deal with us he knew how to talk to us um and and so on down that line and man when I said I loved Mac Brown he was he was like I said he's my he's my top coach mm. in my career. Well, that's 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 stellar. Tell me your experience, your collegiate experience uh, playing at the University of Texas and what was football for you and 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 how did it how did it change your life or you know some people say it didn't you know it, it, everybody varies so I don't want to assume. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, I, I came from probably, man, football, basketball, anything that got to do with a ball. Uh, that, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm from them streets, so anything that deal with the ball, I'm going to do it uh, because that, that got me out of uh, where I was from. Um, I, wasn't, I wasn't a genius. I wasn't the smartest kid on the block. So I had to uh, implement sports into my life to try to get out um, situations that I was in. And like I said, Mac Brown and Lou Dolton and um, so on down the line, the coaches that recruited me, you know I mean, bless, bless my game and bless my life. And uh, now today, life, life changed for my four, my five boys uh, and, and and my wife. Um, now, that, now they get to live the life that, you know what I mean, that a lot of people can't live. Why do you say that it, it, sports was the only way you can get out? Did you, you just felt that that was the only way? What, what was What was holding you back or why do you believe that that was the only way? I mean, at, at the time, uh, my the, the capacity of my brain was uh, it wasn't as as, an, as stimulated as it is now. And uh, thinking of the big picture as mm -hmm. as I'm now, uh, like I said, I, I grew up without a father. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandma raised me, so she was working two jobs. So, like I said, man, uh, only only way I can get out the projects is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, uh, time was a ball because the capacity of my brain couldn't think bigger as far as academics, business, entrepreneur, and things down that line. And now today, man, um, I can teach my kids, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know what I mean, how to play the game within the game, and that's, you know what I mean, making, making it a, a businessman, not only focusing on sports. Mm-hmm. So go backwards and look at Jamichael Finley back then. What did you sell yourself short on uh, th- throughout your years at the University of, of Texas? Just in, uh, in, in everything, not just, you know, well, yeah. I'm going better routes. I'm, I'm just talking about just everything, thinking backwards. I, I, absolutely. Uh, my, my thing is, is, it's crazy when the compliance came in and, and talking about what you can do with your money um, down the line or – you know what I mean? Uh, especially when, when the guys came in and done the little orientations in the NFL. Um, you know what I mean? They came at the wrong time because it was after practice. I'm fatigued as hell. But it, it was them little meetings, uh, them little team meetings that um, that guys don't listen to hmm. as far as actually wise. Uh, and like like I said, I'm doing player development now. Um, I got my own company. It's called Elevate You. And I'm teaching these guys to listen to all that little detail, man. You came out of college early, right? Well, yes, take, take us through that process of why you why did you leave college early at that at that time? I mean, we all know why you left college early, but I don't like to assume. So I just want I want you to tell that story. Hey, your, your assumption, right, bro? Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> your assumption, right? Hey, um, so me and Jamal Charles once again, we was roommates, and um, man, we like I said, we was we was making it happen on the field. Mm-hmm. We was climbing the field doing our thing. And we came back after the OU game. It was probably week five. And then we see all these scouts coming. I was like, man, we got some money for you. I'm like, oh, man, I can't even do it, man. I'm trying to get to the lead. So we, me and Jamal got in the booth. was like, man, I'm leaving this year. I, I put my paper in for the NFL. It said, in the first round, I'm like, shit, I'm leaving for sure. We went to go talk to Mac Brown. Mac Brown wasn't having it. And Jamal was like, man, I'm out of here. I don't care what the hell he's saying. So from then on, bro, we we hit the we hit that HOV lane. <laughs> there were a lot of people who would assume that these coaches, man, you know, they just want they would just want these kids to leave early so they can keep showing showing them how many draft picks they have to keep, uh, so those guys that come back donate to the school, like just the the product coming in and out, and 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 fans don't really fans have now really got to the point of where they believe that these coaches are just, you know, it's like a it's like a puppy farm, right? You know, they they get them, they raise them, they sell them to the league and then they do it to the next guy and it, just walk us through that because there is a lot of assumptions that that are out there. Hey boy, you you funny, man. We hey, I I live in Texas, so we call it like raising cattle and just putting them putting them in a slaughter machine just, Yeah. You know what I mean? Throwing them out, but yeah, it, it, it's one of those things, man. In Texas, man, football is huge, and, mm-hmm. and especially with Mac Brown, we had that team coming in uh, that next year with Coach McCoy being the quarterback. He looked, he saw that we had a national championship on the line, mm-hmm. and and my thought and my peers thought that, hey, look, we out of here. You know what I mean? We try to change our family lives forever. Mm. And, and my thought is, being a little youngster. Is that man? I got. You know I mean, my, my body got to count on it, and I I play reckless. I don't play. I don't go out of bounds like a Jason Witten. I'm not one of those guys. I don't slide. 
I'm trying to find some contact. So my thought was get get out and go get the money ASAP. Hmm. So you get drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Man, tell us <laughs> tell us what, what was that experience for you personally going going through that process, going to, you know, you're coming from a historical college, right? Historically in uh, winning, uh, attendance, uh, expectations, and then you fall yeah. right into the same expectations, the same storybook franchise, Green Bay Packers. Man, it was a it was a whirlwind. Um, I, I was when, when I got drafted, I was back home. Um, I had all my people over. We was over there kicking it, and we got the phone call from uh, Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson at the time. I'm like, hold up, man. Um, I got Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy on the line. Mm-hmm. Hold up, and I'm coming from Austin, Texas, where it's 90 degrees, and I'm about to go to this place where it's below zero. Yeah. I'm like, man, I don't know if I can do that. So I called my homeboy, Johnny Jolly, at the time. He was like, man, you better bring every Nintendo game you got. <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> Nintendo? Ooh. Yeah, Nintendo, you know. Well, <laughs> you ain't that me. old. The Dreamcast <laughs> was out at least by then. <laughs> I'm not Nintendo, PlayStation, yeah. any kind of bro. He said, bring it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, man, we got on the plane the next morning. I dropped down in Green Bay, and I'm like, Man, what what these people got me at? And uh, like I said, now I'm thinking about it. It was a blessing playing in Green Bay because it was strictly football. Mm. Well, go. I mean, what is so? Elaborate on that. What do you mean? It was. I mean, I know uh, what you mean, but elaborate on just strictly football. Strictly football meaning uh, within myself coming from Austin, which is a which is a uh, uh, which is a party town, uh, a town where it's a lot going on, a lot of things happening. And uh, going to Green Bay, where you know, I mean, you got you got the Green Bay Packers and you got the uh, the Packer owners, which they expect a lot from you. You know, I mean, the fans um, obviously pay you. We don't have an owner, so it it was one of those things where you had to you had to lock in a little bit. I I loved every bit of it. I love cut to it, and I I love it even more when you download us and subscribe and. You can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers. Question. Um, yeah. I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. CutToItPodcast.com I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you're out there, you're playing, and then you get hurt. Man, take. I want to. I want to sit there because you know. I've, obviously, I've experienced being hurt as well. But I, I want to talk about really what the injury, not physically, not just what it did to you physically, but also the internal dialogue that you had. You know, and just how you managed everything, going from the cream of the crop um, to all of a sudden football's being played. Yep. But yeah, you can't participate, right? Uh, and and uh, and not and I'm and I'm not interested in blaming who and all that stuff. I don't care. Just just really giving people understanding of the reason I say this. I'll set the stage, and then you follow. Every year you get hurt, whether it's a hamstring, broken ankle, whatever it is, you always have that moment mm-hmm. that you, that injury, whatever current injury you have, that's the worst injury you've ever sustained at that moment until the next storm comes right yep and and it's and it's one of those things man where adversity is going to hit um and i always took in my head if i played this game long enough injuries gonna happen you know i mean i i don't blame man steve i don't blame the guy that hit me i don't blame nobody it it was was football is a football play Mm. and when I hit the middle, it was fourth quarter. I uh, was playing Cleveland. Um, fourth quarter, four minutes, 35 seconds left. And A-Rod just hit me on a routine a routine slant. Um, I caught the ball, ducked my head a little bit. Um, I forgot the cat. Ward, Ward came downhill and, and hit me. And I hit him up the next day, man. Was I was like, man, I'm like literally paralyzed. I was paralyzed for uh, two months, bro. Really? Couldn't move right side. Paralyzed. And... Uh, I hit old boy up the next day. My my uh, my grandmother held the phone up to my face, and I was like, "Man, don't even worry about it, man." I called the lead. Don't even find him. Don't. Man, it's football. Mm. This this happens. And man, from then on, man, it, it I grew callous as far as I grew stronger um, in the way I move in, in in real life now. So walk, take us through that. He he hit you. You duck your head, and then what? I dug my head. I, I, I hit the ground, bro. And, and when I hit that ground, it felt at the time for for about uh, five to about five to ten seconds. I felt it felt like a hundred bees were stinging me because my body 
was going into sure. I was going into and um, after that uh, my body collapsed I went into I forgot what it's called where your hands and feet go all crossways and wow. um, after I was in so much pain bro um, um, at the time at the time it was Corliss uh, Andrew Corliss looking down I'm like man if you don't call these people out here and come get me I'm like because I'm hurt bro and after after I told, said that to him I, I was out of there, man. I, uh, I passed out because I was so, in so much pain and in so much shock that. When you said pain, I, like when you say the beast things, like you, I, you, you just talking about like just all over your body, numbing what? All, all over my body. Uh, mm. It's like your body going numb. You got them little what they call them tingles, sprinkles yeah. in your. Yeah, I, I had that full body. Wow. Yeah, from, show, from shoulders to toes. So shoulders to toes, man. And at the time, I'm I'm on the field. I mean, I'm on the field crying. I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on. Uh, next thing I know, I try to. I'm trying to yell, and next thing I know, I go hoarse. And after that, like I said, I just collapsed, man. I was out of it. Mm. Yes, because uh, after that, because my narrow canal is where you turn your head. It collapsed on me. So I couldn't. So I cut off my air supply and all. So you, so you, wow. So you passed, and you could have died right there on the spot. Uh, on, on the spot, because when he when he hit me, it it put a it put a bruise on my it put a bruise on my spinal cord. Mm. It's instantly stopped breathing, bro. Wow. The trainers and the paramedics, all the, all the guys got got to me in time to calm me down. I start breathing. Um, I couldn't move, and uh, at that time, I went to the hospital. I done a doctor. I was like, uh, I think that was your last play. I was like, man, y'all gotta be kidding me! And so it happened. Um, God was looking down on me, and I had signed a disability policy with Lords of London. And I started tapping into that, and I started thinking, I'm like, yeah, it might have been my last play. You feel me? Mm. I mean, you, you're numb. You have the conversation with the guy that hit you. Then what? What's the rest of the, what's the rest of the story? Like you know, I, I understand the money, I understand all that stuff, but what's going on in your head? Like how how, how are you processing all of that stuff? Man, the, the the processing was crazy, man. Because once again, we all have this number in our head and how long we're gonna play, how yeah. long we want to play. And then once I got settled in, and Rogers came to the um, to the hospital, all my guys, Mike McCarthy, everybody came in and done their thing and. After I got time to calm down and think, I'm like, man, what, what's the next phase of my life? So I went into this deep, deep depression. I went to a deep depression probably for probably two years to check me up out of that deep depression. I went in a dark hole where, um, if we can talk openly and free, it was a lot of uh, addiction started popping up, things that I was doing out the out the ordinary, you know what I mean? Things I never even thought about doing because I love to keep my body pure and clean. And so all of these um, um, addictive personalities started coming. I started getting very impulsive because mm -hmm. once again, when I got knocked out, 44% of my brain was dysfunctional. And so I, I couldn't I couldn't process things. I couldn't think. I couldn't even, you know what I mean? And I couldn't do, I couldn't do much, Steve. So I went to pure sports recovery um, where they do a ton of uh, rehabilitation for guys that had head trauma, addictions, all, all, all over the line. 
I went there and uh, I took a time out in life, man, and mm. and caught up and and tried to uh, become become normal and become try so to. So when get, you say 44 percent of your brain, brain was different. Wasn't working. Wasn't working. What are the, some of those, if you don't mind me asking, what were some of those things you weren't able to do anymore? Uh, as far as process, <laughs> like if I seen it, I want it. You feel me? As, as far as like um, going, going out and hanging out, being with the wrong crowd. No, no, no. Um, I'm talking about 44% of your brain wasn't processing. So uh, I'm talking about you get up in the morning and I'm asking, and I don't want to sound uh, stupid. But like, can you brush your teeth? <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, I can brush my teeth. It, it was just at, at the time, um, like if if some occurred as far as a, a business, a, a business adventure. My my thought was, bam! I'm just on, on it, not thinking, not going through my system and processing things right. Um, I can go all down the line with you, bro. Um, wow. Drug. It was it was a it was a combination of things. Mm. And so you so you go to this uh, you go to this facility and, and and what are some of the what are some of the techniques or what is what are some of the rehab stuff that you have to do to to get it back? Like you know somebody listening and they going man, what is that? I'm I'm trying to give the listeners an understanding of what what rehabilitation is for what that looks like for someone who loses 44 or 40% of their, uh, of their brain use. Um, it, it looks like it's a, um, it's called neurofeedback where they put a map on your head. Wow. It's a map. Um, it's like an x-ray almost. Mm -hmm. And they put a cap on your head, basically like my cap now. And they put all these wires on your head and attach them. And you're looking at this screen and the screen, maybe I'm a football player. Um, the screen maybe have a kicker on there mm. and you have to sit there and just focus on the screen. And if you focus right, the kicker, kicker right through the uprights every time. And if your focus go elsewhere, the kicker just, he'll start shanking them. It'll be off. So it, it was teaching me how to process and wow. how to sit with things and how to settle my brain with this, with this dysfunctional of uh, dysfunctional meaning I had bleeding all over here. Uh, all on my left side because when I when every time I took a tackle, I leaned to my left side, so I had a ton of contact um, in the front lobe of my in, in the front lobe of my brain. Wow! Where, where where you make all your decisions that is right here in the front left of your brain. Hmm. So it's they put a map on my head. Um, I done a lot of um, man. I done a lot of <laughs> uh, meditating. I, I done a lot of it was it was some crazy stuff that bounced back, man. Like I said, I done twenty four months of that. So you was in there twenty four months, uh, on on and off. I had to uh, on and off. I was going to see my family um, to try to keep that communication going and 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 dealing with um, uh, being retired from the NFL, dealing with that, and trying to just process everything and 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 the whole thing of twenty four months, two years of rehabilitation. So you had the transition of. No longer playing football unexpectedly. Transition of learning how to use your brain, learn how to process something that is, you know, very traumatic, having to grieve, right? Also having to be dad, you know, trying to 
you know, I, I'm just assuming based off conversation, trying to save your marriage because there's obviously some impact and some there's some residual behavior that um, really impacts the family, impacts yourself, right? You, you know, nobody is really um, educated at this point between you and your family to know how to deal with these things, right? There's no roadmap. There's barely a roadmap for parenting. You can you have no roadmap for parenting, uh, 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 marriage, and uh, brain dysfunction, right? It was a beast, man. It was, it was different for sure. Mm. Uh, and, and it was one of those things now, um, I tell guys now, I always have a plan. I mean, because uh, we, we don't we don't know. It's a, yeah. it's a game what we call it any given Sunday. Now we play Mondays and Thursdays, but any given Sunday, uh, your career can be taken away from you. These are the moment, and uh, man, play play hard. Man, play t- hard. Tell me how big of a role did your wife play <clears throat> in into your recovery? And, you know, in, I, I'm assuming, um, you know, probably uh, – Man, she's she, she, she's the real all star in the family, based off of just what you guys went through um, and dealing with, and 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 you know, I, I I can't imagine. I'm just all assuming, but I'm just kind of thinking about it. You know, putting myself in your shoes, I I can't imagine. I you know I've been injured as well, and you know you have that um, you have the grieving process in any injury, but the the injury you sustained was something that was very very much deeper impacting. Uh, for your family than 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 most than most football normal football injuries. That was not a normal football injury. Yeah, man, it, it grew. It grew. She grew strong, man. She grew um, strong. Uh, hella strong through this. Uh, she uh, she had to help me walk, uh, get to the restroom uh, with any man. If uh, alpha man man don't want any woman help him uh, use the restroom. So at the time, she had to yeah. help me use the restroom, help me get up out the bed, lift. Lift my back up, so it was, it was some of them things that where it's like, damn, I got I got this lady right here helping me do every damn thing. So uh, like now now she just uh, man, she's so strong now, and uh, like I, like I said, I'm blessed, man. I got five boys where I get, I get to bless the game too, yeah. and uh, she the real MVP of the family. Yeah. Well, as as you're getting, as you're seeing your wife have to do everything, what's going on inside your head? What internal dialogue are you having about yourself? Your wife is helping you use the bathroom. You you, you can't take that very lightly. You go from catching touchdowns. You first of all, you you go from catching touchdowns, University of Texas. You're at you're in Green Bay, title town. You're playing with Aaron Rodgers, right? You're out there. You're playing with uh, uh, Donald Driver, right? Uh, um, um, my green is, you know, he's still right there. You know, he's not all the way removed, but he, I think it was probably about one or two years before he had moved on. So you're out there playing with some pretty darn good football players, right? And you're in a place that all football, you're at the height of your career. And then a couple of months later, man, you need assistance going to the restroom. That can't be easily taken and i just want to i just wonder for somebody listening that's going through something you know what were you going through uh man i, I was going through a lot i was going through uh i stayed i stayed in my head as far as hmm. uh i'm like man i got i got this lady right here help me i just got done i just got done you know what i mean breaking three or four tackles getting to the zone throwing up the wild tto you know what yeah. i mean and, oh 
I'm here, can't move. Mm. I mean, so that 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 I did not take lightly. I took it, I took it real hard, and it, it was it was days where uh, my wife or uh, now he's my five year, uh, now he's my fourteen year old. At the time, he was he was a youngster. Um, it, they couldn't they couldn't stand to being around because I was always uh, upset. Like, what if? What if that? What if this happened? Mm. And then I just I got to the grieving point where I was just like. Man, God, God made it happen for a reason, mm-hmm. and uh, like, like I say, it's, it, it's a thing. Uh, it's a thing I did not take lightly, and, and now, man, um, I'm, I'm doing uh, wonders, mm-hmm. um, helping and give back and uh, getting game back to people. Man, how cool is it now then to 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 be able to play, coach your kids? Like, what 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 do you what do you enjoy most about that? Uh, I, I just enjoy, you know what I mean, helping them and uh, and showing them um, how to be a leader and, uh, you know what I mean, and finishing. Not only finishing your rep, just, you know what I mean, if you got someone over here that's not not doing what they're supposed to do, lift them up, help them finish. Mm-hmm. And, and and that that's that's my whole thing about uh, teaching my boys now. Uh, because like I said, I got all my boys the thoroughbreds and, uh, they, yeah, and we're going to make it happen. Hey Gerard, where did you get that t-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh yes. I got it from cuttoitpodcast.com where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a t-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. So what what sports are they playing? Uh, right now we got uh, I got uh, football and uh, ba- uh, football basketball and track. Ooh, yeah, man, okay. yeah. I got a little quarterback. I got 
Fred, I got I got pretty much pretty much everything you guys you, you guys want. Mm. All right, what's what 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 my man doing in track then? Uh, my man doing triple jump, long jump, uh, two hundred, and he run the uh, 800, 800 relay. Ooh, okay. Um, little, little dude, six six foot one one eighty one eighty five. Wow, little dude is six foot. Eighth <laughs> grade, Steve. Goodness gracious, that's really cool, <laughs> man. But yeah, man, it's awesome, man. Yeah. And then, so you got so all, all your boys are playing sports. All, all my boys play sports. Every last one of them. Yeah, man. So, I, so how are you and the wife doing this? You got five boys all playing sports, man. Y'all playing zone coverage, but you only got two drivers though. Uh, yeah, we playing. We playing zone. We, we I got to get an auntie, uh, phone a friend, and we get the, the man he's working, son. Yeah, yeah. What, what man? What's the best part about? Um, you know, being present for your boys and playing sports. What's some of the things that you see, um, you know, obviously with you not having your folks in your life, what what, what are some of the things that you see um, or maybe you don't or, you know, are you – I know for, I know for myself that there's sometimes I'm parenting as a dad, but I'm also – sometimes I get a little emotional as a son. Yeah, yeah. You know, be, uh, just because I, you know, I my dad was in my life, but he wasn't, he wasn't, I wasn't raised in the same house. So when you're not raised in the same house, you know, there's little things that you miss, yeah. you know, when you're not there. Yep. And, and, and that's my thing, man. Um, my, my, my big thing and uh, the thing I love, I love to see and love to do is wake up to my boys and love on them. Mm. And when they come from a, if it's a hard day school and, uh, 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 easy day school is just, just loving on them right when they hit that door or right when I'm in the carpool line. It's just, you know I mean, the things that I didn't get, I try to uh, implement that into my boy's life and just, you know I mean, um, a, a ton of, uh, you know I mean, hugs, kiss on the cheek and things like that, bro. The things I didn't, I, I didn't get at all. Mm -hmm. And just um, every, every chance I get. What, uh, how are you at the games? You're, you're a loud parent, <laughs> quiet parent. I don't see you being a quiet parent, but go ahead. Let, tell, tell me a lie, though. Tell me a lie. I, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty quiet, bro, uh, because, like I said, uh, we, we put in so much work. Yeah. And I believe in if you put the work in, um, you, you ain't, you ain't got to say nothing. So I'm, I'm really – I'm actually really quiet, uh, but I'm not quiet uh, when we're in the lab working, though. Yeah. <laughs> the lab. <laughs> So you training them? Yeah, I, I train my boys. Like I said, I just started a company. It's called Elevate You, and um, and I, I do a ton of agility work, uh, feet work, uh, and conditioning. And uh, yeah, man, I train my boys probably three, four times a week. Mm. They enjoy it, or you enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> you funny man. No, hey, I'm just. Hey, no, he, I got three. I got three boys, and and two of them right now are old enough, you know. And I try to, you know, some of the training or go with go with them and train, or they train with me. And you know, sometimes it'll yeah. be challenging. Yeah, real talk. Uh, I, I enjoy it, man. And, and my fourteen year old, he loves it, man. He eats it up. Um, um, I get in, the, I get in there with him, and um, you know I mean, run routes with him. On the, on the flip side, I cover him every once in a while. Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I get out there and play DB also. And and now I got a nine year old. He's a he's more of a uh, in the booth guy. He's gonna come knock you out. He don't like the grind. He don't like the conditioning. 
uh, because he's a more thicker kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to I got to beat it into him a little bit. So, (laughs) 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 but he's one of those kids where when he get older, see his brother grinding, he's going to are going to mesh. Yeah, yeah. You hope. You hope. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Man, so what? What do you? Uh, obviously, you said you, you you're doing uh, jelly working. You, you you're doing that stuff. You know, um, man, how is life now for you? Just you know, inside your head internally. Um, you know, just based off what you've been through, uh, this the, the peaks, the peaks you've had in your life. Also now the valleys. You know, how how, how do you how do you maintain just your wellness? Yeah. I like it. Uh, now, now, how I maintain is, is you know what I mean. How I came out the NFL, you, you know, and I know they had the screen for you. They said six thirty, seven thirty, eight thirty. You got to be somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And now I set myself up where I put myself on a schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, my wife helped me um, to. If, if some weeks I'm slipping, she's like, "Where are you schedule at?" You know what I mean. So I keep myself on a routine mm-hmm. and, and make sure I have me time too. Me time, me time, meaning um, go do the things I like. I like to golf now. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, I'm a golfer, bro. If you ever wanted, I got you. Um, I mean, but, <laughs> I mean, you're not doing me like that. Goodness gracious, you, you must be a good golfer then. No, I ain't that good, bro. Oh. I, like time, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like to dress. I, I like to look good. Bro. Yeah. Oh, so so when you come play golf, you look good, and you got two boxes of balls. I, t- I got two boxes of balls yep. straight up. <laughs> but I zero when we leave. Dang, no, a whole, you no. lose two boxes and no money. I had two boxes, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. I be shaking them, boys. Yeah. You so 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 most people playing golf. You out there? Uh, you out there keeping the maintenance department uh, employed? I can't keep- is busy, but hey, my mind is gonna have fun. Yeah. If you, if you, I, I'm not taking it too serious. So yeah. you might not want to play with me. No, I'm not taking it serious. But so, so let me ask you this then: You dress nice, you bring two bucket of balls, and then you also lose money while you're playing. Is that what you said? No, nah, hold on, hold on. I don't lose money though, because I know, I know my game ain't that tight. So I just so, play. I just really play like a quarter, like fifty cent a hole. <laughs> Yeah, hey, can can you play though? I can play. I just like the competition of of. I like the competition of fifty cent a hole, just straight up. You know, if you win the hole, like if we if if I get a ten and you get eleven, well, I win, right? Just kind of, it, it ain't. It's not about like that. Is just the competition of the the shot and the the pressure. You know, it, it is. Yeah, hey, can can you shoot your jersey number at least? I can go beyond. I can go beyond my jersey number, <laughs> but I, I just I I like playing, but also I like the I like the process of it. I'll, I'll go out on the driving range, man, some headphones, and just just lose yes. myself a little bit. You know, I can listen. To, I can listen to R and B. I can listen to rap music. I can listen to gospel. It really it really doesn't matter to me. I can go with whatever. I. I just do. I do actually enjoy um, the tranquility of golf sometimes by myself. That's real. That's that's real. I, I like that 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 solo time. Yeah. And that that's basically what I do. Sometimes 
I go out by myself and play solo, and guys look at me. This cat ain't got no friends over here, but but I got my music cranked up. Yeah, I got my cigar going, and I'm good. Or that maybe they're just looking. They see how bad you are, and they say, "Man, nobody wants to play with." Them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you might not be lying. <laughs> you out there hitting. Man, you be three, four hits on the first drive. You look around, ain't nobody around. So let me try to get, let me give me another one. That was a practice. Hey, look at I do do that. You must do that too, though. Yeah, I do. That's the whole purpose of going by yourself. You you you're not in a rush. I've always felt this way with golf. You can't be in a rush if you're playing golf, or you try yeah. not to be. But but when I got my my wife, my kids on my head, I'm like, man, I can't even play right, man. I'm shanking them boys left and right. When I don't have a lot of time, I'll just play. Uh, I'll just play, you know, nine holes. Yeah, quick, a quick, quick nine. Go to the crib. That, that's what I, yeah. I do now. Regards, I can't. I, I can't do. I can't do the eighteen holes. Yeah. Appreciate your time, brother. Thank you. Anytime, Steve. You are a unique person. You are well worth it. You are competent, and most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr. That is me. Is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, Executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, social media team Wesley Robinson and John Show. From Balto Creative Media, Cut To It is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter, with production assistance by Alex Labreck, production coordinator Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. You ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. It's on. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.